Hey, welcome to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is called Psycho-Spiritual Wellbeing. And I will let you know that I was arguing with spirit about diving into this, but I have just been pushed. So I just want to remind you, I am not a therapist. I am a psychic medium channel who gets a lot of really cool messages from spirit. And we are together embarking on my kind of masterclass in psychic development. And it's more than just, let me tell you about the Claire's <laughs> and let me tell you about um, how it works. This is like the interactive mechanisms that also make us tick as humans when it comes to the psychic's perspective or the medium's perspective or the channel's perspective. And so I hope you get a lot from today's session and I look forward to sharing with you what I know. The term psycho-spiritual represents the connection of the mind and spirit. It comes from the word psycho, meaning mind, mental, spirit, unconscious, from the Greek word psyche, meaning soul. This psycho-spiritual is where psychological meets spiritual, where the mind and soul merge. Mostly the area that I'm going to go into is when there are troubles with this connection and um, what you might do to recognize maybe your next path forward. Specifically, I am going to be speaking about the troubles that might be coming from your mind, not necessarily from your soul. As I've said in past episodes, a great way to enhance your soul awareness is to use meditation in your day-to-day -day practice. It just helps you focus your mind when you concentrate either on the breath or Vipassana when you're concentrating on subtle sensations in your body. These are areas where you can um, really enhance your mental and your spirit connection together. Like what is my soul up to? What's happening and registering on my soul? And how is my mind perceiving this? This can also work with various other um, meditations. You know, sometimes uh, I use definitely use uh, meditation techniques uh, on various in various ways. Like I've told you, it's like, what's your goal? I use it when I want to get into the presence of divine consciousness and stay at that high frequency vibration. I um, practice some meditation skills, getting myself centered and grounded before I head into any of my um, treatments or my reads, things like this. And the thing is with, um, if you're going to do a meditation where you're just trying to kind of clear your mind <laughs> or have a focus, like even breathing, right? Sometimes we experience this like mindset that's unsettled or restless or confused or like, you know, you know, sometimes just even in our day-to-day -day life, we might be, you know, when we're trying to just have calm awareness, going for a walk, all of a sudden this um, jumping around in our head might happen, in our mind might happen, it might become chaotic, or even in our meditation, we might be easily distracted or, you know, kind of just unfocused at the task. In Buddhist principles, this is called the monkey mind. And it's really about, you know, the monkey mind, because it's when your thoughts kind of swing from limb to limb, like a monkey does. Um, and so I just want to give a shout out of, I hear you to those of you that go, that's me. That's, 
me when I'm in my meditation. I can't remain focused on the task. You know, I can only hold barely a minute if that, you know, and it really is about um, honoring that and finding the right meditation for you. And then knowing also that with practice, it, it does get better. It does get better. But I'm here to say in this episode, there might be reasons for your distracted mind. There might be reasons for your monkey mind, which I'll get into. Okay, so I have this true confession. I have this love-hate relationship with affirmations, <laughs> which kind of cracks me up because I'm sure I'm going to be posting some on my social media and I've already have, and I still will. So just, I want you to know that whenever you see those affirmations, I want you to giggle about our little private joke that I have this love hate relationship with affirmations. Now, why? Because sometimes I send some out to friends when they're going through hardship. I remember sending a little, um, blurb on you are easy to love to someone that I knew that was going through a really hard time. And you might even see you are easy to love on one of my social media platforms because I think I will post that at some point. Um, but she came back with, ha, 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 no, I'm not. So affirmations, in my opinion, you know, that's why you're supposed to repeat them, repeat them, repeat them, and, you know, write them out, I don't know, 100 times, 10 times, five times a day. Um, post them all over on post-it notes, yellow post-it notes or whatever kind of post-it notes or sticky, whatever, or on your chalkboard. I love a chalkboard. Um, so the thing about affirmations is I think they're brilliant, but I also realize that all the affirmations in the world can't whitewash a brain that has been compromised by negativity or hardship or trauma or illness. These are some of the things that can have us unfocused, unsettled, unbelieving, and run chaotic ripshod, ripshod, is that the word? You know, through our head. And that's what I want to get into next. I just don't think that those affirmations have a place to land, right? When we're having a hard time coping or getting along. Now, the reason I believe that is um, because I've seen it in my own life, right? Uh, we're friends. I, we always talk. You send me little emails on what you want to uh, hear in my podcast episodes, and I tell you all about me when I'm talking to you. But, you know, I've been through this. Um, I had a PTSD trauma brain from childhood trauma, but also physiologically, you know, I've gone through heavy metal, mold, and tick-borne illnesses. And all of those, you know, <laughs> I'm so sorry, when I was going through those, but not knowing what it was about, and I was trying to let those affirmations kind of settle in. You've got this, you're, you know, you're clear-minded. Meanwhile, all I had was brain fog. I couldn't connect. I was like, you know, feeling like such a lost case, <laughs> such a head case. Um, those affirmations couldn't sink in. They couldn't, they didn't work. You know, you are easy to love when I felt like 
not so easy to love because I didn't love me because I was like, something is wrong. You know, all those kind of illnesses will lead to often to depression and all this kind of stuff. And that was not foreign to me. And so, um, so sometimes there's other things that are going on in your physical or physiological being that need to be addressed first before you can make headway. Oh, that was good. Listen, this is not for me. This is spirit can make headway with your meditations or your affirmations. So I guess what I really want to remind you is that we are mental, emotional, physical, spiritual beings. And I remember when I was going through my hardship, I was thinking, oh, if I could just clear this energetically, my brain fog must be something with my brow chakra. There's got to be something going on that I can make sense of because I do psychic work <laughs> and, and I should be able to figure this out. And maybe it's my trauma from my childhood that I need to have more therapy on. Well, yes, but also um, it was really for me thinking like, do I need to have different vitamins or do I need to you know, get a bunch of energy work done or what's going on? When in reality, what was compromising my life at that time was really things that were hitting me on a physical level, the bugs of, you know, tick-borne illness, the heavy metals, the mold. And then also once I discovered that, then the total gut imbalance because of all the antibiotics. I am bringing this up because these were reasons why my brain ability was compromised. And I was not, I, I took myself out of my work for, I don't know, a few years, <laughs> a few years, because I could not um, be a responsible psychic and medium focusing in on it because my brain was just not my own brain, right? It was just, um, it was compromised by all this illness that was really undercurrent and quiet. You know, it wasn't anything that showed up on a scan. I had to do serious blood work to find out what the heck was going on. I think the biggest disservice that we can do for ourselves is that we think if we could just fix one component, like if I could just fix the physical, right? If I could just get rid of all these bugs and get my blood back online and my vitamins and supplements back online, then everything would be fine. But actually then after all of that, I've still had to work on the mental, emotional incapacitation of the early childhood trauma. And any of you people out there that have been through early childhood trauma or trauma of any sort, it really knocks the wind out of your sails and it could be a lifelong journey. But for me, there's been times in my work when it's just been impossible to work because I was so caught up in my own healing process in writing my poetry or kind of sorting that stuff out. So I want you to just consider that maybe um, instead of thinking, oh, if I just go and you know take care of the physical, everything else is fine, you might want to consider what are the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual parts of you that need healing, right? So that the rest all like holistically, your psycho spiritual connection can be enhanced and on target. Um, because 
any of those things, when we're out of balance in any of those areas, that can make it difficult for us to hear the voice of God in our head or to make that psychic connection or to discern the voice of truth from our ego mind. And so I just wanted to bring to your awareness that the, that the, that it could be beyond, um, your knowing in this moment. According to Nancy Collier in her book, the emotionally exhausted woman, why you're feeling depleted and how to get what you need. She says, every life is difficult in its own way. We have inner narratives that drive and confine our functioning in the world. I could not agree more. And that is why I believe positive thinking doesn't always work. And I'll tell you why. You know how when people say, you're like you tell somebody you're going through a rough time and they're like, oh, it'll be fine. You'll do great. You'll get through it. It'll all work out. Maybe it's for the highest good. <laughs> Shit like that. Listen, that's not really fair. You know, because before, remember how I told you that sometimes we have to stop and look deeper at what is troubling us to kind of resolve it and solve it. Then after you sort it, the positive thinking could work because then you're operating. Listen, I don't mean to say it like this, but this is how I'm going to say it. You're, you're working from a functional system, right? But what if you've had like me trauma and I remember having disassociative tendencies, you know, because I left my body. Right. And I used to think for the longest time, like I was not in my body. I wasn't always grounded. So I was like, what's my energetic balance imbalance about? What is my energetic imbalance about? I need to learn to ground. I need to learn to ground. Well, it was my fight flight or freeze flying up in my face because from my early childhood trauma. So it, it, it had to, to, to get my brain on board in my interaction and tuning in to my spiritual psychic soul awareness, I had to really be present in my body, right? It's really easy for me to leave and just hang with spirit, but it's really important to be present in personal physical relationships here on earth. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I just, sometimes when people are just like, um, positive thinking will cure it or is your fix. I'm like, that's not really fair. Or, I mean, there's usually more to the story, right? There's usually more to the story. So this episode, I almost called it mastering your mind because it's really about befriending your mind, right? I've told you this before. You have to befriend your thoughts. That's what I said, the voices in your head so that you can figure out who you are and how you are in your world. But sometimes even that is really tricky, right? Because consider if the brain has been compromised along with the nervous system, like in those people that have gone through PTSD or troublesome, you know, and the right and the left brain is not kind of in cahoots or working together and you're more functioning from one side or the other. And again, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to dive deep in here, but I'm just going to tell you some kind of brief kind of ideas. What needs then is to happen is kind of a, a rewiring of the brain, if you will. I remember seeing Bessel van der Kolk, who does trauma uh, work, therapy, healing stuff. And he was saying to me, and I think I mentioned it to you before, when it's, when it's a trauma experience that happens really early in childhood, neurofeedback might be the best 
approach to kind of bring the right and left brain on board. And then it, in that work that you do with neurofeedback, it actually calms the nervous system so that you're not like, because sometimes so that you're not on high alert because trauma can lead to hypervigilance, right? You're waiting for the next shoe to drop. You're thinking on bad things can happen. You're always on high alert. So try to get that brain to be calm, close their eyes, meditate and be one right? Kind of impossible. If they've gone through, you know, if you've people, if you've gone through really tricky childhoods where, where it's not comfortable to relax, or it's not your norm to sit still and be present with your thoughts, maybe it's time for some therapy to kind of sort that out before your meditation practice can get you to these other spaces. Don't beat yourself up. I'm just saying that maybe your mental your mind has, has been compromised. Your functioning, your mental functioning has been compromised. And I say that like kindred spirit, right? Cause mine has, there has been, there have been times in my life where I've noticed that some big overwhelming experience is happening. That's out of my control. And I go into shutdown mode and my meditation time and my, um, spirit communication for myself you know, usually I'm pretty darn good for everybody else, but for myself becomes a little kind of wobbly because I'm, I'm wanting to run, right? I'm wanting to run and not be present and not sit still because I'm on high alert and I've got crisis going on in my life that I can't sort out. And interestingly enough, of course, it's when in crisis is when, when we need our highest consciousness, our divine consciousness, our, you know, godly connection the most, you know, a higher perspective. But sometimes when we're kind of in this place of muddled mind or monkey mind or, um, you know, kind of a re-traumatized experience in our mind, that can affect how we connect with spirit. And so, um, you know, there's some there's some ways around this, which I'll get to. I'll get to definitely. I'll get to them in the crown chakra when we talk about mysticism and really aligning with divine consciousness. But um, for now, I want to give you some kind of paths out of the uh, things that might be troubling your mental state. According to the doctor that I went to for neurofeedback, he said that the nervous system can get stuck after a traumatic experience. And he was telling me that the right side of the brain is the part that is the, like where we're chilled and chilled out. It, it's like downplays the arousal mechanism in us. And the left side of the brain activates or ups the arousal mechanism. So that's when we're like hyper aware, hyper vigilant, like ready on high alert to respond and react. So being in one side of the brain or the other is not really the best thing. It's about balance for both, stability in both, and um, proper response in any situation, right? But when trauma occurs, there often is um, a reaction where one side of the brain takes over and the other side of the brain shuts down. And so um, in because it's a learned response, right? We're either playing dead or we're fight or flight, right? Um, and, and this happens inside, but in the mind and also in the body, but in the mind. And so take that mind later on as an adult or whatever, after the war's over, whatever 
kind of level their war is, whether it's personal interaction with a significant other or childhood trauma or, um, you know, uh, a death in the family that hit them hard or literally war or whatever. Now take that mind and try to put them in a setting where they're asked to meditate. And then now you know why all of a sudden the monkey mind might come into play or this kind of feeling of, you know, not being able to engage in uh, a suitable spiritual practice that may seem right for them because right or left brain is overactive. So I have a client that said, I can't really meditate. I've got too much like emotional dysregulation. I have too much, you know, stuff I'm working on with self-regulation techniques of feeling safe, breathing, everything's fine, stuff like that. So I can't sit in silent meditation with my eyes closed. I'm always like, my my brain is listening to the birds outside or the knock on, you know, the, the squirrel knocking against the window or washing machine or dishwasher sounds. So I'm always on high alert with these things. And I'm like, okay, well then maybe if your doctor's approval says it's okay, try yoga because again, it's a mindfulness activity or try going out for a walk. I think I've told you those are the best times that I have spirit communication is when I'm out in nature and walking and I bring a problem in like a, um, like, like one of those uh, spirals. I can't remember what the name of them are, um, where you go in and then you go in with a problem and by the time you come out, you have the answer. So, you know, maybe try that. So if those of you that can't find you can't, for whatever reason, sit still to try to go into contemplation or, or um, dialogue or prayerful meditation time in a sitting position or a lying down position with your eyes closed, maybe you need to be moving. I remember when I did the 10 day Vipassana meditation retreat, and um, I also found that it was helpful after my <laughs> 10 hours a day in sitting cross-legged, it was important for me to go out and do walking meditation. You know, I had to move for Pete's sakes, but it's another way to be present in your body. So um, what happens then is that you're honoring your needs in the moment that you're having them. You're not giving up. You're not, um, you're not denying your experience while you're trying to sit on the mat. And, and also too, it doesn't mean you get a free pass of sitting on the mat. If your goal is like, no, I really want to sit and do, um, breathing breath work meditation where I just focus on the in breath and the out breath and the in breath and the out breath. Um, definitely try that, but, but be kind and gentle to yourself. Just give it a few minutes or give it as long as you can and then get up when you're getting scattered or starting to think of the days to do or whatever. But it's just a beautiful, like kind of mental break, right? It's a, it's a beautiful mental break. That's why meditation is so good for you. And it's also great um, power building skills for when you're using it to enhance and work with your own um, soul awareness or noticing what's coming at you psychically, if you will. So I'm not saying that you'll, you'll, you won't be able to do this psychic development or psychic awareness if you have all of this, um, you know, kind of interference, mental interference happening, whether it's from trauma or, um, you know, health issues or nervous system issues or stuff like that. I'm just saying that if you struggle with your psychic development practice or your spiritual practice, like as in meditations or the use of affirmations or positive thinking, stuff like that, perhaps the struggle could be 
you know, because you're having these other things that you need to address. And so it's as if like you're driving around with the parking brake on, right? You're trying to go somewhere where you really want to go, but you can't get there and you can't figure out why until you stop, take a moment, right? Awareness, breath, care, awareness that, you know, whatever you're trying in the moment is not working, taking a breath. And the care in this situation could be, is there more that needs to be addressed? Is there something that is affecting your mental health, your psychological health that is preventing you from making that connection in your spiritual work and your, and in your spiritual endeavors and with them, with me, be them psychic development. For me, when I got sick, I had to go to a naturopathic doctor and say, I want you to run tests, <laughs> every possible test to find out what's happening with this brain fog. And because it was affecting my work, right? My, my spiritual work and, and my writing work and my life. And it was really numbing my brain. So it wasn't an energetic imbalance, you know, and it wasn't, um, a mental, emotional experience per se, completely. I mean, some of it was with the trauma, but it was really a physical thing. You know, it was physical things that needed to be addressed. And I am so freaking grateful for finding and uncovering them because, because once I did, and once all of that was treated, it cleared up my mind so that I could do my work and I was able to return to work. Wahoo! This improved my joy, my sense of self-esteem. I was able to <laughs> grab onto affirmations and they worked. Positive thinking got me to reach certain goals, you know, got me to kind of were my internal cheerleader to reach goals in my personal and professional life, which is always cool. So I was, you know, really unburdened, if you will. And I was really grateful that I could find like, oh, I had to be present with myself to say this in my spiritual practice of my meditation time, of my psychic work, you know, I was misfiring. I was like, whoa, this, I, I need to close shop because I just, my heart's not in it. My brain is not on board. And I can tell that really easily. I didn't have to give anybody their money back. Wahoo. <laughs> Which is my unspoken thing. If, there, if I do a bad reading, I don't charge, of course, but I've never had to do that. So it, because I could feel it coming on, right? I was like, something is wrong. Something is wrong because I use and tap into my soul awareness throughout my day. And so sometimes it's noticing if you're really skilled in some areas of psychic work, and then you're not so skilled in others. Because remember I told you all of this is processed through the brain. So your brain is interpreting all of the signals, except for claircognizance. I mean, that's just a direct knowing. But everything else is interpreted through the brain, even the empathic stuff, right? And so when you're realizing like, maybe I'm not good at that because there is a real block or maybe I'm not good at that because that's just not my forte. But when you realize like, oh, there's something, something deeper that maybe is going on, then I, I encourage you to look, which path do you need to take? Do you need to get energy work? Do you need to go to a therapist? Do you need to go to a, you know, a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor or somebody that thinks outside the box or your regular doctor? Or what is it that you need? That's what I'm saying.
So if good mental health is being present with the highs and lows of life, I believe good psychic, spiritual soul health is being present to your soul awareness and honoring your soul awareness and tuning in to your soul awareness. I hope that time today with this episode has been helpful to you and perhaps educational to you and helps you with your own psycho-spiritual well-being. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. I'd like to remind you that although I get a lot of great info from Spirit, I am not a therapist. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, a psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.